my name is Swaksha Shaw. My name is Adrish Bomek. And today we will be diving into Greek mythology, which is a little different from our usual topics of science. You might have heard of the series Percy Jackson, and today we will be talking about the very thing that it is modeled around. Although there are many gods in Greek mythology, it begins with 12 main gods that preside over the universe. These gods are called the 12 Olympians, where each god is responsible for their own part of the universe and also have their own unique tool or weapon, which are also their symbols. To start off, let's talk about the big three, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. Zeus is the god of thunder and lightning, rain, and winds, and pretty much anything to do with the sky. This means that he can control the weather and even cause storms. His weapon is a lightning bolt, which has the power to kill someone or send them to the darkest depths of the underworld. It is arguably one of the most powerful weapons of the 12 gods. Poseidon is the god of the sea. He is also the god of earthquakes and horses. His weapon is a trident, which is a spear with three tips. He uses it to create thunderstorms, tidal waves, and battles. He can kill as well as fight with it. It is also indestructible. Hades is the god of the underworld, which is where souls go after they die. His weapon is a scepter, which is essentially a sword with two tips in the end. Hades does not like ruling the underworld, and he holds a grudge against his brothers for making him the god of the dead. The underworld is split into many parts. The four most prominent are the following. Firstly, Tartarus, which is the worst part of the underworld and is a dark pit. It is reserved for the worst souls. Next is Asphodel Meadows, which is where you go if you haven't done anything good nor bad in your life. It's where most souls preside. The best part of the underworld is the Elysium, which is where all the souls want to be after judgment. Here, the good souls preside. This is essentially the final paradise of all Greek heroes. Finally, the field of punishment is where all souls who have behaved horribly go. We won't delve into this area of mythology, but in a nutshell, the souls get tortured. Although all of this sounds intriguing, one of the most wild parts of Greek mythology is how these three gods came to be who they are. Their parents were titans named Cronus and Rhea. Cronus had swallowed all of his children because of the prophecy that said that one of his children would eventually overthrow him. However, Zeus arrived and helped his siblings escape as well. A war took place between the elder and the younger gods. Once the titans were defeated, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades drew lots in order to determine what they can rule. Hades ended up in the underworld and has resented his brothers ever since. Hera is the goddess of women, marriage, family, and childbirth. She was wife to Zeus, and her weapon is a scepter with a pomegranate, which was their symbol of fertility and a cuckoo, which is symbolic for how Zeus appealed to her. Her sacred animal is a peacock. Next in the Twelve Olympians is Apollo, who is primarily the god of archery, but is also responsible for music, dance, prophecy, healing, light, poetry, and more. His noted weapons are a bow and a lyre. The former is a tool that shoots arrows, and the latter is a U-shaped musical instrument. His twin sister, who is also one of the Olympians, is Artemis. Artemis is the goddess of chastity, hunting, and the moon. She is usually portrayed with a bow in their human form. Artemis and her brother usually like to present themselves as young but mature. Athena is the god of crafts, military, and wisdom. She is usually portrayed with a spear and a shield and a helmet. Her animal is the owl, which is also the symbol of Athens, the city that is named after her. Aphrodite, also pronounced as Aphrodite, is the goddess of love and beauty. She is also known to be very beautiful. 
Hermes is the god of messengers, speed, boundaries, roads, thieves, and a lot more. He owns slippers that can fly, as well as the Cadacious. This is a staff with snakes around it and wings at the top. You might have seen it in hospitals. Demeter is the goddess of harvest. The citizens of Athens valued her very much because of this. She also loves nature. She carried a torch, sheaves of wheat, and traveled in a chariot. Ares is a violent god and is often portrayed as angry. He had a thirst for creating problems and is the god of war and the spirit of war as well. Dionysus is a god of wine, grapes, and pleasure. His favorite wine is grape wine. Hephaestus is a god of fire, blacksmiths, metalworking, carpenters, craftsmen, artisans, etc. If you go back to Count, you might have noticed that we mentioned 13 gods. This is because Hades was usually not considered one of the Olympians, as he was usually busy down in the underworld and could not join the gods at the palace at Olympus. Although Hades is not part of the Olympians, he is still considered an important god, which shows why it is important that we dive into other Greek gods. When most people think of Greek gods, they tend to focus on names like Zeus, Poseidon, and Athena, but there are many other gods in Greek mythology that have their own unique powers and stories. Today, we'll be taking a closer look at few of these lesser-known gods. Let's start with Hestia. She's the goddess of the hearth and home, and is often overlooked because she doesn't have any dramatic or flashy powers, but her role is essential to ancient Greek culture. Hestia was responsible for maintaining a sacred flame that burned in every home, and she's also the patron goddess of the city of Athens. Hestia's power may have been simple, but it was critical to the functioning of society. In ancient Greek homes, the hearth was the center of the household and it was the responsibility of the woman to keep the fire burning. Hestia's presence in every home was a constant reminder of the importance of family, community, and tradition. Another lesser-known god is Morpheus, the god of dreams. Morpheus was said to appear in people's dreams to deliver messages from the gods. He had the power to shapeshift and could take on any form he desired. Morpheus was a messenger of the gods and played a vital role in communicating with humans. Morpheus was also known for his ability to induce sleep and create vivid dreams. He was said to have had a special connection with the god of sleep, Hypnos, and the two of them worked together to bring peaceful sleep and meaningful dreams to mortals. Morpheus was a mysterious and powerful god, and his ability to communicate with humans through their dreams made him an important figure in Greek mythology. Let's not forget about Eris, the goddess of discord, and it is not the act. Discord in this case means conflict, and Eris was known for causing chaos and conflict wherever she went. She was responsible for starting the Trojan War by tossing a golden apple inscribed with the words for the fairest in a gathering of goddesses. This caused a dispute between the goddesses and led to the eventual downfall of Troy. The actions of all these gods may seem trivial at first glance, but they had far-reaching consequences that changed the course of history and they serve as reminders that even the smallest actions can have significant impact. The stories of these lesser-known gods show us that there is value in exploring lesser-known aspects of history and culture. By understanding and appreciating the significance of these smaller stories, we can gain a deeper understanding of the world around us. So, the next time you think of Greek mythology, remember that there is more to the story than just Zeus and Athena. The tales of the lesser-known gods are also just as fascinating and offer unique insights into ancient Greek culture and society. Have you ever wondered how these two civilizations approach storytelling differently? 
The Greeks and Romans both had their own unique perspectives on mythology, which reflected their cultural values and beliefs. Let's start with the Greeks. They were known for their love of drama and complex narratives with flawed gods and goddesses. The gods of Greek mythology were often depicted as impulsive and imperfect, just like humans, which made their stories relatable and exciting. For example, Zeus, the king of the gods, was notorious for his infidelity and impulsive behavior. Despite his flaws, he was still a powerful and respected god in Greek mythology. The Greeks believed that their gods were like humans with supernatural powers, which made their myths more engaging and fascinating, like a good fiction novel. However, the differences between the Greeks and Romans were not just limited to their storytelling. They also left a lasting impact on language and literature. The Greeks, for example, gave us words like narcissistic, chaos, and tantalize, which have become a part of our everyday language without us even realizing it. These words were derived from Greek myths, which demonstrated the influence of Greek mythology on our language and culture. The Romans, on the other hand, were responsible for words like omnipotent and saturnine. These words may not be as common in our everyday language, but they still reflect the Roman worldview and their belief about their gods. Despite their differences, the Greeks and Romans both shared a love for telling stories about heroes and monsters, gods and goddesses. They were like two big families, each with their own set of amazing stories. Their myths have stood the test of time and have influenced countless authors and artists throughout history, from Shakespeare to Botticelli. Today, we still read and talk about their myths thousands of years later. Their stories have become a part of our cultural heritage and continue to inspire new generations of artists and writers. By studying their myths, we can learn to embrace our flaws and appreciate the power of storytelling to shape our understanding of the world. And who knows, maybe one day you'll create your own epic tale that future generations will talk about for centuries to come. Thank you for listening to our podcast on Greek mythology. We hope you enjoyed it. This was Swaksha. And this was Adrish. See you next time.